Blog Talk Radio. What is up, everybody? It is Monday, April 24th. Hard to believe how fast time is flying. I guess when you get these incredible weekends of playoffs and overtime games left and right in the NHL and just incredible NBA basketball that the weekends just fly by or it's the four AAU games that I uh, drove all around for watching my nine-year-old and a nine-inning, three-inning, extra-inning Little League game that went till three hours till 7 p.m. last night. So either way, sports, as always, is the big topic. And I am Ryan Berger taking you through the 55th episode of Inside the Burger Shop by Hyper Brands a conversation at the intersection of sports, technology, marketing, culture, and more. It's amazing. We've done 55 shows, but we have. I think each show gets better, and we have a a fantastic show today. Uh, We will bring on our guest in just a couple of minutes. Um, Fun show, last show, show 54, with the great Jason Birnbaum, the pro of Manhattan Woods, one of the most high-profile golf clubs in the tri-state area. We did a master's preview uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, I guess about two weeks ago, when Sergio Garcia uh, beat Justin Rose on a playoff hole in an epic, epic master's, uh, the first major of the year. So thanks to Jason and Manhattan Woods for having Jason on. Of course, thanks to our sponsors, Hyper. Hyper Brands, H-Y-P-R Brands.com. Hyper is the leader and influencer marketing, head on over to Hyper. Check out over 11 million influencer profiles on Hyper today, hyperbrands.com. 
Second, of course, the crowds line. The crowds line, the best place to make your predictions of what's going to happen each night. Go head over to thecrowdsline.com. Make your prediction about what's going to happen in tonight's playoff games. Receive free gifts, prizes, gift certificates, and more. Head on over to thecrowdsline.com. Make your prediction tonight. And, of course, our friend Billy Cotler over at Pita Express in Street, downtown Manhattan. The best Mediterranean food in all of New York. The best chicken. He's got the hummus, the pita, whatever you're looking for. Head on down. Let him know you're a big listener. And Billy will throw you some appetizers for, of course, being such a great listener. So thanks to our partners, which we can't do uh, this show without. We we'll really appreciate you guys being on board. Uh, Hyper, of course, where they provide us with all the data on everything that we're talking about. And before we bring on... Uh, our guest, Alan Springer, today, I want to quickly touch on uh, what's going on in sports, of course. And there's sort of three big things as you go into this week going on. Of course, you have the NBA playoffs, great weekend, incredible game last night uh, with the Jazz and the Clippers. Uh, I called it the Band-Aid series. Utah loses Gobert. Clippers lose Blake. Uh, Chris Paul's been phenomenal. A lot of stuff going on. Hayward with food poisoning last night. Joe Johnson, of all people, to the rescue. ISO Joe, Joe Jesus, whatever you want to call JJ. He just gets buckets and uh, got a lot of buckets in that fourth quarter, turned the game and potentially the series. And now we got a best of three going back to uh, Staples Center. So a fun series there. Really a fun series. in San Antonio, where the Grizz won both games at their place over the last couple of days, 2-2, headed back to the Spurs. And there's no way Memphis wins that series. They're not winning two of the next three, including one in San Antonio. But at least they've put a lot of fun into this. And I think in the next series, when you see Houston, who um, just has more than OKC, and no matter when, Westbrook is on the bench. OKC just has nothing. Their guys have really been terrible. Roberson was awful offensively yesterday. They're going to get an interesting Houston-San Antonio matchup, and you're going to get Kawhi and James Harden, and that'll be a lot of fun. That will be a lot of fun. Uh, so three interesting series, and, of course, you got the uh, kind of funky series in Boston, 2-2. Um, two big wins by the Celtics in Chicago. Of course, the Rondo news, a huge aspect of what's happened in that series after the devastating Isaiah Thomas family news. So a lot of stuff going on in that series. But you know, at the end of the day, I'm not sure we'll see any quote-unquote big upsets. There's a lot of threats. I just don't know if Milwaukee can beat Toronto uh, two of the next three games, um, with two being up the, in the north, up in ta- Toronto. But that's the series that I think if you're going to see one big upset, um, if you call that a big upset, you, you will see. So clearly the NBA in, in my world and in most worlds is what's going on. The NHL has been phenomenal as well. Every time I turn around, including yesterday, two more overtime games, Capitals got through. Of course, everybody looking forward to that Capital Penguin series. And uh, But when it comes to hockey and it comes to where I'm standing, which is in downtown Manhattan, there is nothing more interesting than what's going on with the Blue Shirts and the New York Rangers. Uh, big series win, 4-2 against Montreal. They're a better team. Hank was unbelievable. Big save. And now they get Ottawa. And that's a team that they, even though they don't have home ice, they should beat. And the Rangers should be in the Eastern Conference Finals. 
against the winner of the Penguins Capitals to get to the Stanley Cup. And if that happens, and if that happens, the Garden will be electric and New York will be electric. So it's one series. Get out of Ottawa, win that series, and then you've got an unbelievable situation lined up against two of the best teams in the sport with major stars for a chance to get to the very, very inclusive Stanley Cup. So two big things going on in sports. And the third thing, and the thing that becomes bigger as we get closer, is the NFL draft, which is this Thursday and Friday. I think it's actually in, in Philadelphia this year. And we are joined by the executive producer of Yahoo Studios and the executive producer of The Vertical with the great Adrian Wojnarowski, and that is Alan Springer. Alan, thanks for coming on Inside the Burger Shop. The grill, as you can tell, is very, very hot today. Be slightly careful what you talk about. <laughs> it sounds sizzling, but there's definitely a lot of stuff to talk about. So it's plenty of hot topics, and uh, happy to be here. That's great. It is sizzling. It's kind of like when they bring those fajitas to your table and it's always sizzling and everybody in the room looks over at your table. It's, it's hot. There's a lot of stuff going on. And we're super excited to chat with you today. You know, you're, you're obviously uh, a very well-accomplished uh, producer in the space. I'd love to talk about the NFL draft, and I'd love to talk about uh, what you guys are up to for the draft. But, you know, before we talk about that, you obviously have uh, – risen up the chain in, in certain uh, places from sort of where you began to where you are, are now. Uh, give the audience a sense of you know, how do you become the executive producer uh, of Yahoo Studios to work with, obviously, the king of, of basketball media and Woj. How did you get to the level that you're at now? Yeah, it's obviously been a, a great opportunity to work with Woj and obviously to work at Yahoo Sports. Um, I've been here now uh, 11 years. Um, I came over from uh, what was then traditional television. Now it's all traditional media. But I worked, um, started in L.A., kind of came up through the ranks on local TV. Uh, and then I went to uh, HBO Boxing, did some uh, graphic work there, and also worked at Inside the NBA for a couple of years. And then in uh, 2006, I just saw the landscape of uh, sports media kind of changing a little bit, and everything seemed to be going to digital. And at that time, I was approached to come to Yahoo to launch the first uh, Internet fantasy football show called Fantasy Football Live, which hadn't been done before. Uh, I thought it was a really cool opportunity to take the, the experiences I had working uh, with traditional media as a producer and, and bringing it online. So I came on. Uh, we launched Fantasy Football Live in 2006 and then, um, you know, just kind of stuck with what Yahoo was doing and loved how it was growing and got a chance to do uh, several Olympics, a couple of World Cups. Uh, and then when we launched the vertical with Woj um, a year and a half ago, I was approached to uh, oversee the video for the website, the vertical as well. Uh, obviously, a chance to work with Woj. I jumped at the opportunity. Lucky for me, I was a big NBA fan already. Uh, grew up in L.A., so I was a fan of the Showtime Lakers. And so basketball has always been uh, my number one passion with football right up there as well. And uh, it's been a great ride with Woj so far with the vertical and with Yahoo Sports. Just getting a chance to do a whole bunch of cool things. So, um, yeah, really excited about what we're doing this week with the NFL draft as well. It sounds really cool, obviously. And- you know, being based in L.A. And, and having your hands in so many, you know, interesting things. And obviously you, you mentioned Woj, so we can talk about Woj for a sec, who I knew when he was sort of writing for a New Jersey newspaper and, and called the Bergen Record. 
and obviously has taken on a life of its own to become one of the most powerful men in all of basketball. How does something like this happen with a guy like Woj? You know, he's, he has every scoop. He's got before anybody. He's got the trades. I saw that in the draft this year, in the NFL draft, and, and obviously really good for you guys and everybody else. Now you can't social media tweet the first two rounds. They're sort of a deal. But in the NBA, Woj has everything before anybody and certainly before it's announced. How did this happen? Uh, it sounds so cliche, but it's the truth. It's hard work. I mean, nobody, nobody, and I've worked with a lot of journalists in this business, nobody works as hard as Woj. And I know that it's easy to say that, but what he works on are the things that are so important. It's all about relationships. Uh, you know, I've listened to your podcast before, and you've had a lot of executives on. And, you know, and, and I always tell this to young people who are coming up through the business. Um, once again, it does sound cliche to say it's not what you know, it's who you know, but it's true. I mean, there's, the biggest thing with Woj is there's the trust factor. People trust Woj. They trust that he's going to tell the story the right way, that he's going to be honest and fair with the general managers, with the players, with the league. Uh, and so you build those relationships. You work hard. You're always there when a story happens. You see the value in the story. You see the value in, in, in getting the facts correct. I mean, that's, to me, in this day and age where we are with media, uh, it's all about accuracy as well. And so – to see the precision and the time he puts into even a tweet. I mean, one tweet is thought out methodically and, and word by word. And so to do that, uh, and obviously just to, to build that following, um, it takes a lot of dedication and time. And so, you know, to be around him, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to sit next to him at the trade deadline and around the NBA draft and everything and to see uh, how much energy uh, how much energy he has, which is incredible. I mean, you know, we walk out of the studio sometimes four or five in the morning, and I'm tired because I'm trying to figure out what the show's going to look like next day, and he's, he's on his phone, uh, as you can imagine, working the next story and working the next relationship. And it's not just a simple text, and it's not just a tweet. I mean, he, he has phone conversations. He has real relationships with these guys, and, you know, he starts out a conversation. How are things going? How are, how's your life? You know, it's, it's they're real friendships, and, and that leads to trust, and that builds the relationship, and you know, uh, he's in it. You know, he's in the game because obviously we're all competitive and we love to do what we do. But uh, he's he's great at what he does, and so you feed off that as his producer. You want to be as good as he is. You want to make sure you're accurate. You want to make sure that everybody around you is putting in the same time and energy. Uh, and it's exciting to be around because, you know, we all want to be the best at what we do, and we take pride in, in working here at Yahoo and. And, and so does he. So uh, it, it's very infectious to be around him. So cool. So interesting. You know, I was going to ask, you touched on it a little bit, and what is it like to be around him? Obviously, it's incredibly inspirational. But, you know, it's funny when you watch ESPN, for example, and when they have Schefter on close to the deadline or even Stephen A., they always put a phone in his hand or they try to act like he has a phone, which I'm sure he does. They don't need to use it as a prop. But give us a sense of what that looks like when Woj is it's close to the trade deadline. Does he have multiple phones? Is he constantly receiving calls? No, because that's one thing that is so fascinating about this whole thing is, yeah, people trust him. But reality is, is he's sending a tweet and someone else might send a tweet. But for some reason, they trust his fingers and his ability to send that tweet that has more reach, more authenticity. It's more factual. But what does it look like when this stuff is going on? Is it, is it chaos? Is it calm? Um, give us a sense of, you know, is he eating? And what, what, what does this look like 
for this guy who clearly, and to your point, takes his time sending these tweets because he knows that those tweets are going to be a huge viral uh, tornado of, uh, of 140 characters. Yeah, it's funny you said that because everybody always asks me that. They're like, what does Woj's phone look like? And it's like any other phone, right? I mean, it's um, he, he, has his, he has his head down and he's in his what he's doing, right? Uh, he's very calm because he knows – I mean, listen, if he's got information, uh, he knows how valuable it is, right? He knows that if somebody's trusting him with that information, if somebody's going to give that information to Woj, he values that. He knows how important it is that he's holding that information. He also knows how quickly he needs to get out there because he wants to make sure that nobody else gets it. So there's a frenetic pace to get it out on the site, of course, because you want to make sure that you're, you're beating your competitors. But it's never to the point where, you know, and I've been around other reporters who, and I won't name names, not here at Yahoo, but other places I've worked who are crazy and, and will, will scream and yell and they'll take it out on the employees because they're stressed. Um, and Woj doesn't do that. I mean, he, he gets that the pressure is on him and that he, you know, obviously – it's his name out there. It's his brand. Um, none of us are obviously – we'll do whatever we can to support him, but ultimately it's, it's on him. So, and he takes that very seriously. He understands how important the Woj brand is. Uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's very simple. I mean, we sit next to each other at a basic desk. He doesn't have an office. I mean, he's got a desk right next to mine. Uh, same laptop, same phone. Um, but, you know, he'll take phone calls, and then in the middle I'll see him go, I've got I to take this tweet or I'll call you right back, and it's – It's not as crazy as you would probably think it is. I'll tell you one thing that we did do, which people loved, was um, the NBA trade deadline. We did a show this year where we went on the air a half hour before the trade deadline, obviously him and and Sham Sharania also on the show, one of his young protege reporters, was they were working a whole bunch of stories and everything. And we put Woj in a separate studio from our main studio. Our main studio is Studio One, where we had Chris Mannix and and Bobby Marks and and a lot of those guys on set – you know, with Brian Scalabrini, um, more giving analysis and everything on, on the deals that were happening. But I also respected Woj and that privacy that goes with it with phone calls. So I'm not going to put him like you were just mentioning that, you know, Schefter will be on set a lot of times, but he'll walk off set when you have to make a phone call. I'm very aware of, uh, of a live microphone. So I put Woj in a separate studio because I want to respect his space and, and, and those relationships. So we put him in, in studio two and when he's ready and, and, you know, obviously when he wants to open his mic and be able to talk to us where it's not getting in the way of his relationships and what he's doing on the phone, then we'll go to him. But uh, we all respect that when he's in that zone, um, you know, we want to give him his space and not obviously, you know, not get in the way of what he's trying to do and obviously break news. You know, I mean, you're obviously sort of overseeing a lot of the video and a lot of the sort of the podcast, the vertical podcast with Woj, and we're joined today by Alan Springer. You can follow Alan on Twitter, a great follow, at Alan Springer, A-L-A-N. And Alan is the executive producer of Yahoo Studios kind of sports as well as the vertical with Woj. And before we move into the NFL draft, and just to finish up on Woj, Talk to us about how the guest list. I mean, this is a, a guy that seems to be able to get whoever he wants on his show. Carl Anthony Towns today, a couple of weeks ago, C.J. McCollum sort of in the middle of playoffs. Um, 
How do you guys get guests? Do people reach out to Woj and say, I want to be on the platform that you've created because that I want to be known to be connected to you? I mean, how, does he reach out to call Anthony Town agent? Does he reach out to the Timberwolves? Does he reach out to Towns? Or is it a mix of everything? Sometimes they come to you. Sometimes you go to them. Sometimes it's through the agent. Sometimes it's through the teams. And, and how are they selected? Why this week, for example, did you guys have Towns on there uh, versus, you know, somebody else? So give us a sense of how that all works and, and how the guests are set up. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i be honest. When it comes to the podcast, that's a little different than, than the website and the video. My, my role, because the, the vertical's got different producers or uh, different editors, uh, editorial editor. Um, I oversee video. The podcast, I know Woj has his own producers that work on that. Um, a lot of it, I do know, is based on, obviously, Woj's relationships um, and, you know, what he feels is right for the site at the right time. But beyond that, I can't really speak to the process as much just because I'm not uh, – that's not something that I necessarily am a part of. Uh, when it comes to what we do video with Woj, when it comes to his Woj reports and what we work with, it's, you know, it's a lot of his ideas and what he wants to get out there and based on his relationships and stuff with the players. But as far as the podcast, it's not something I, I probably know uh, too much about where I can get too in-depth on that process. The Steve Kerr stuff is hard to read. Um, I know Woj had a piece on it, I think, today. Uh, it doesn't sound good at all. Um, he doesn't look good. Uh, this is a guy who is a basketball lifer. Um, Arizona played in the NBA, won a lot of rings, gets involved and almost takes the Knicks job, uh, which, frankly, coaching the Knicks makes you feel, I guess, exactly how he's feeling today, which is amazing considering he decided not to coach the Knicks and, and coach the, a team that is obviously incredible to watch and incredible to coach, uh, loud arena, um, what are you hearing about what's going on there? Uh, do you expect him back for the playoffs? How serious is what's going on with Coach Carr? Yeah, you know, I'm, I know about as much as you do at this point, and that's literally what he is telling everybody else, that he's, you know, obviously he's not going to coach game four. Um, and I, the thing I think is really interesting and I respect most about him is the fact that he's going to make a decision one way or another uh, that's going to be a decision that's going to be best for the team. It's not going to be a day-to-day from here on out, at least in my opinion. I don't think he's going to decide, well, I'll come back for game five. I'll see what I'm doing in the second round. I think to be fair with him and the team, if they're going to go in the direction and say, hey, Mike Brown is now the coach the rest of the way, then I think he's going to make that decision probably in the next couple of days after he knows after game four. Uh, personal experience, I mean, I worked with Kerr for a couple of years. He worked at Yahoo. He was our analyst for three years when I first got to Yahoo, and I worked with him at Inside the NBA. Um, I can honestly say that one of the greatest guys I've ever worked with from a professional level to a personal level um, he, I mean, I still see him, you know, periodically, and he'll always say, "How's the family? How's everything going?" Um, and so he genuinely cares about his employers. I know him and Bob Myers have a great relationship. If you had heard on one of the Woj's earlier podcasts, Myers would say he would call Kerr and say, "Hey, when are you ready to come back?" And and Myers would always support Kerr. So I think he has so much respect for the players, for the team, that. Um, Listen, I mean, we all – you won't find anybody say a bad thing about Kerr, and, and I really hope that, that he does get what he needs as far as recovery. Um, you know, I, you know I've heard him say that if he had do it over again, he wouldn't have had the back surgery, obviously. Um, 
but I just, you know, I, I feel bad for him. I really do. And, you know, you hit it right on the head. You, you watch that angst he was in the other night, sitting on the bench, and he takes off his jacket, and he's looking behind him, and he just feels uncomfortable. He's got headaches and nausea. So I think at this point, I think he's going to go through game four and then, and then make the call if he's going to stick around for the rest of the playoffs or not, or just hand over the reins to, to Mike Brown at this point. Brutal. Just nothing but brutal to hear. And I know that Nosh is feeling well and don't, don't like to put that on anybody. So I know it is brutal. I can't imagine when those loud arenas and how loud that uh, Golden State arena is, how, how tough it must be. And uh, this is an incredibly tough decision. It would be kind of crazy to think Mike Brown might go up against LeBron in the finals. But uh, that's actually something that I think uh, looks a little bit more realistic than anybody had anticipated. Uh, so thanks for that. Thanks for the, the transparency on Woj and, and what you guys are up to over there. And um, again, we're talking to Alan Springer, the executive producer of the Vertical and Woj and, and Yahoo Studios and Yahoo Sports, and they are producing a really cool thing, uh, which which Alan will talk to us about on Thursday for the NFL draft. So what are you guys up to, you know, as far as the draft is concerned? What are you guys planning to put out? Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that and maybe talk about the draft itself. Yeah, I mean, to to play off the Woj's uh, angle, we had such big success with the NBA draft, uh, and we felt there was really a place, you know, going back to what I was saying before when I got to Yahoo, you know, when I stayed at, at Inside the NBA, which was a, a fantastic place to work, uh, great people, and I really enjoyed what I was doing there. But I always had this in the back of my mind that I'm not going to be able to reinvent the wheel. Network television is what it is. Uh, there's a reason we all enjoy it. It's, it's done great since, uh, you know, sports and television were married together. Uh, so when I got to Yahoo, what I love about what we do here is an opportunity to try to do things a little different, to, to offer our audience uh, something that they may not see on a traditional broadcast. So uh, the, the, the model I'm using for the NFL draft is instead of us being the second screen experience, why can't we be your first screen experience? So we're obviously not going to be able to outdo ESPN or NFL Network in the way the coverage is done when you watch the draft. Uh, the traditional pick is made, the player walks up to the podium, shakes the commissioner's hand, and then from there it's just straight analysis for the next 10 minutes for the next pick. What we're trying to do is we're going to change our approach. Uh, we've got our host is Mike Hill coming in. If your audience knows him, from he does uh, a lot of stuff. He was at ESPN yep. for nine years and worked at Fox Sports. Yeah. Uh, we, ha- we have a couple different pods. So we've got Mike as our host, and we've got the great reporting of Charles Robinson and Pat Forty. Charles is uh, known for breaking the Reggie Bush stuff and the Miami Hurricane scandal stuff for, for Yahoo Sports, so great journalist there. Pat Forty uh, knows one of our great college football writers. Uh, we've got another spin we're calling the Players' Lounge, where we've got the always entertaining Tony Saragusa, who uh, is our NFL analyst for Yahoo, and Tank Williams, playing the NFL for the Titans and uh, played college ball at Stanford. Uh, we are also offering a fantasy spin, since obviously fantasy sports for Yahoo is our bread and butter. We've got Brad Evans and Brandon Funston, two award-winning journalists who are the best in the business. Uh, we also will offer analysis from Player Profiler, which is a website run by Matt Kelly. Uh, the analytics on his site are incredible. Uh, they take stats from the combine and take it to a whole other level um, from jumping ability and different scores. So a, a deeper dive into what some of these numbers uh, show you. We'll also be live at the draft. We'll have our reporter, Evan Doherty, will be on the, on the carpet on the receiving line in Philadelphia when the players come off the podium. We'll have another camera that will be live in the fan zone, so we'll be able to get reactions from fans if they would like to respond and, and, and join our show as well. 
Uh, and we've also got other reporters around Yahoo who will be embedded uh, through different teams. So we're taking all that, bringing it together. Uh, in addition, we are working with Facebook that's going to boost the show. So when you watch the Facebook show uh, or watch on Facebook, it'll be on a lot of your Facebook feeds. Uh, we'll go on the air Thursday night when the draft starts at 8 o'clock Eastern. We'll take it through the first round. The second day on Friday, uh, we'll start at 7 o'clock Eastern, which is uh, going to be more of a fantasy spin. Uh, that'll be hosted by Liz Loza, uh, and that'll be out of our Sunnyvale studios where we do our fantasy football live show. So the Thursday show is going to have a little bit of everything kind of uh, thrown into it. It'll be a lot of fun. We sent uh, Tony Saragusa up to Philly last week to do a piece with the, uh, the museum where the draft's going to be held. We got them doing some Philly cheesesteak stuff, some stuff with some Philly fans. <laughs> um, so it's going to be a very chill vibe. Our, our whole goal is to talk to the fans. We want to basically present a show the way you would be sitting watching football with your buddies. How are you talking? How are you dressed? Uh, more casual setting. We'll have food on the set. Uh, just more of a laid-back kind of a vibe. And we think that's our audience. We think that's the Yahoo audience. The show will be available on Yahoo platforms. Uh, our mobile app. It'll be on our fantasy football app. Uh, and we just think there's a really cool opportunity here to just reach an audience that, that normally probably wouldn't watch the show, but you know, we've had success with the NBA draft. So let's try it with the NFL. It sounds incredibly cool. And, and certainly sounds like you're reaching the audience that you're, that you're trying to reach. You know, what does success look like in an idea like this, Alan? You know, besides, I guess, Sarah Gusa. Uh, letting the world know that he likes cheese whiz with his cheese steak instead of provolone. What does success look like? Success looks like how we build the audience, how we build the engagement. Um, for a show like this, and this is, um, you know, obviously we're all in the business to, to make money here, but for us the beauty of a show like this is that we're, we're trying something new. We're trying to enter a space that we haven't been in before. Uh, obviously we want to get good numbers, our viewership numbers. We don't have a goal. We have a goal internally, which, you know, we don't share our numbers externally. So we have goals <laughs> that we want to hit. Um, and, and obviously at the end of the day, everything you want to lead back to revenue. So, uh, for us, we've got goals that we want to hit. I think it's it's expanding our portfolio of doing live shows. I mean, Woj really set the precedent for us with the NBA. We did an NBA trade deadline show. We did an NBA draft show. We did a, a live NBA free agency show. Uh, and then, as you remember, uh, a year and a half ago, Yahoo streamed the international football game, uh, the Jaguars uh, game from London uh, against the Buffalo Bills. So I think right now we're just – it's fun. It's a fun space to play in where you get to kind of experiment a little bit. You know, I was listening to one of your podcasts with Brian on from Showtime, and it's, it's fun when you can do digital because you're trying things that, that may not necessarily uh, be done on traditional television, uh, and we don't have specific windows that we have to stay on or go off the air. I mean, if we need to stay on for an extra 20 minutes after the show, after the draft first round ends, which I can't imagine my guys would want to since <laughs> draft can go up to four hours. <laughs> um, but but we, can, we can try things. Uh, and, it, and we're open to guys if they want to come in on Skype and, and players. And we've been trying to work with some of the player agents that after they're drafted, maybe we get some kind of reaction from some of their draft parties, how they're interacting on social media. So uh, for us, it's, it's seeing what we can do in a different space that we haven't done with the NFL. Uh, and then hopefully building off that as we go back into the NBA draft show again with Woj. You know, ESPN has had that same, uh, their same formula for a long time. Um, 
you know, Chris Berman has been there, the face of it. Obviously, they're moving to a totally different thing, trying to obviously reach what you're describing as a much younger, casual fan. Um, you know, when you guys, your distributor is not only Yahoo, but Facebook Live as well, is that a paid partnership with Facebook? Give us a sense of how that works. You guys call Facebook and say, we have an idea, we want to launch this on Yahoo, but we also want it to be distributed by Facebook. Are they, is it sort of an ad buy, if you will? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not at liberty to talk a little bit on the business side of that, and I'm not trying to be vague here. Um, it, I, it is a situation where I know Facebook uh, wanted to partner with us because they, they really enjoy our content, <clears throat> and I know they've, they've got a lot of – obviously they've got options um, to, for different content they can stream. But I think it's a, a partnership with there. I can't – like I said, I can't go any deeper into the financial side of it. Uh, but as far as content, I know we've become one of their – their premier partners, and I know they're really excited to work with us on this program. Very cool, very cool. So sounds like you guys are in for what should be an incredible two days. Um, a lot of fans, a lot of interest, a lot of buzz. The buzz will only get bigger over the next couple of days. It's a little bit odd because normally it's been in New York, and um, I'm kind of walking around and looking for the signs that are normally on the, on the lights that say, you know, NFL draft, and but I don't see anything and know that it's in Philly this year, which will be interesting. Um, any differences? What's going to happen in Philly? Have you heard? Have you, are they incorporating any of the sort of Philly? What's the story regarding the, the, the city itself? Yeah, so I actually, uh, it's, it's going to be really cool. I was uh, on my way uh, through Philly the other day on the train, and I it just even coming through on the train, you see the signage everywhere. Uh, this will be the first NFL draft held outdoors which is uh, crazy to me, uh, considering East Coast weather in the spring. Uh, what oh, they're right. doing this is, is they're taking the stairs, up, right? The players get drafted right. to go up the, stairs, the Rocky stairs? Right. Well, so they've actually moved uh, the Rocky statue a little bit to the side. So where you would normally see the Rocky statue, which is uh, right off the stairs, they've actually moved it over a little bit. It's gonna, the stage is being built uh, into the stairs, and – they are having a fan experience, which will come out from the stairs. It's going to be basically like a long runway that goes all the way down. Uh, think of kind of uh, – uh, you, can, you can make your jokes what you want. Think of the same layout as the inauguration where you've got the podium and a sea of people, depending on how many people are, are, are on that shot. I won't, I won't touch that. Um, but along that <laughs> corridor, they are expecting I, – I, the number I've heard is almost 200,000 people they're expecting in their version of the NFL experience. So what wow. the layout looks like from, from a standpoint of the players, where the media sits, the teams sit, and then the fans behind it, uh, I don't think anybody knows that until uh, probably Thursday. Uh, we were, like I said, we were up there uh, this last Thursday with Tony and my producer, and they said that they were still building it all out. Uh, my team arrives in Philadelphia on Tuesday. So I'll get my first update from them uh, on Tuesday evening, uh, tomorrow night. So I'll find out kind of a more lay of the land. But they're expecting 200,000 people. And so it'll be more fans than ever that will be closer to the action. Uh, what that looks like visually on television, uh, I have no idea. But I'm excited that we are going to have a camera in that fan zone uh, that hopefully in a, in a perfect world we can capture the reaction in, in real time of, of, say, the Bears fans not getting their player or the reaction. Obviously, the, the dream scenario is that the Eagles make a bad tick and everybody goes crazy because we all know Eagle fans. <laughs> Eagle fans are a little intense. So, um, a little, yeah, that's, a that's lot also of part of, yeah, 
Right. As long as you're not Santa Claus and people are throwing batteries at you. Um, <laughs> and that's part, that, that's part of the reason why we, we wanted to do this uh, in this draft. Is it, it's something different the NFL is doing, and we wanted to be a part of it. Uh, we experimented a little bit last year. Uh, I went to Chicago where the draft was last year, uh, and we had our regular coverage from the draft itself. We didn't have a live traditional NFL draft show. But what we did do is we were live at Harry Carey Sports Bar on Facebook and did a fantasy-only show on Facebook Live, which actually was a really big success for us. So it got us thinking, well, if the Facebook show, Just Fantasy, did well, why not bring all the parts together and make NFL and fantasy and player profiler and players lounge and stands and kind of bring it together as one big party? And that's kind of what led us to this show uh, that we're doing on Thursday night. You're based out of California, I think. I think you live in in Santa Monica. Is that, is that safe to say? Uh, yeah, in, in the Westwood area in Los Angeles, correct? Oh, I, I just because I'm unbelievably jealous. Santa Monica is one of my favorite places in the world, so it's one of the, <laughs> certainly one of the great places to live. And we we have a guy, one of my old old friends, who who's been on the show a bunch, who lives in Santa Monica. Also, is Mark Kriegel, um, who I'm sure you know the name. Wrote the great Joe Namath uh, book and. Uh, Pistol P you know, as well. So, are you physically in LA, Santa Monica, when the show is happening, or are you in Philly with the team? How, where do you, as the executive producer of the show, how, where do you operate out of that day? Yeah, so actually, uh, Yahoo Studios has, um, we have three locations one at our, um, the, the campus, the main Yahoo campus in Sunnyvale, which is just outside of San Jose. We've got a beautiful new studio in Playa Vista, which is, uh, your listeners know L.A. It's just um, right next to the ocean, next to LAX Airport is where Playa Vista is. And that whole area is completely blowing up. They're calling it Silicon Beach. So it's us, and it's Facebook, and it's Google, and it's FoxSports.com. All the, all the Southern California.coms are now in this one area in Playa Vista. And we've got a beautiful new campus there and a studio there. Uh, for this show, our third studio is right here in New York in Times Square. So we are actually going to do the show from our studio here in New York, which is where I am right now. Uh, the main studio will be here. Uh, as I mentioned, our host and, and Tony Saragusa and Tank Williams and all of them will be uh, live on our set here. Uh, and then I'll have another producer and a reporter, a field crew that will be in Philadelphia. So our main base of our show will be coming from our New York studio here, which is the same studio where we do all of Woj's shows. Obviously, Woj is based in New York. Uh, I go back and forth a lot. I'm, I'm based in Los Angeles, but I'm in New York probably at least once a month at this point because uh, we've got both studios across the country. So we're very active in, in all three of our studios, uh, but we just figured because of the time zone – and a lot of the talent being here in New York was the best place for us to do the show from. Uh, and also because we've got a great crew here in New York that had done, had the experience of all the other live shows with uh, everything with Woj and uh, all the Katie Kirk stuff we do for news also comes from the studio as well. So the New York studio was just the best fit for us for this show. Interesting. Very, very interesting. We're talking to Alan Springer. You can follow Alan on Twitter. One of the great sports media follows out there at Alan, A-L-A-N Springer is the executive producer of Vertical uh, with Woj as well as Yahoo Sports, uh, Yahoo Studios. And you know, we, we can't thank you enough for all the time that you're spending on, on the show today, both talking about the draft and talking about uh, what you're up to, both in your career and, and what you're up to today with Woj. Um, let's talk a little bit about the players, the teams, some of the storylines, 
clearly one of the big storylines is, is Cleveland. A uh, bunch of picks for them, but the number one pick, which is the, you know the one I want to discuss, a lot of talk about Miles Garrett, the big tight end. Excuse me, the big defensive end out of Texas A&M. Uh, Warren Sapp came out recently and kind of killed it as if Warren Sapp is the next great uh, football executive. Um, I don't want to press you too much and put you in a situation where you have to say what you've heard, what you think, but I'll only sort of ask three or four questions on some of the storylines. Um, the number one pick, whether it's Garrett or somebody else, you know, what are your thoughts on where Cleveland needs to go in that pick? Yeah, I mean, it's obvious the last couple of years, I mean, everybody thinks that the one fix that you need on all these teams is that quarterback. And obviously Cleveland has, has rolled the dice on a couple of quarterbacks that haven't worked out. Obviously your audience being a, a New York audience, uh, the Jets have tried the same experiment and that has failed. So I think we will talk. We will talk at extent about the Jets since that's my world <laughs> and my passion. Okay. So don't worry about We'll get there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that the current model in the NFL, right, it, it's, it's, it, the game is one in the trenches. And, you know, I, I, it sounds so uh, uh, basic to say that, but I feel like if you can get a, a once-in-a-generation kind of a defensive player like a Miles Garrett, and I'm, I'm not believing what Warren Sapp is saying, I think Garrett is truly a game-changer. Uh, you know, you can look at his numbers and say, well, they're not as gaudy as some of the other players who come out of that same position at number one. Uh, but I think for what the Browns need, I think the core of building up the defense and starting there is the right play. I mean, if, if, if you separate Garrett, this is what I've said to people, if, you, if it's not Garrett, then who is it? Is it, is it Thomas? Is it Lattimore? Uh, you know, do you want to go Jamal Adams? I think Garrett is the best of what Cleveland needs. Um, you know, this is one of those drafts where it's not necessarily – like the NBA draft's easy to – to, to kind of predict who the top two or three picks are going to be. And then you just thought in which team, right? Cause you're going to take the best player available because you're only filling five positions. And obviously the NBA draft is easy because right now it's a guard heavy league and it's a guard heavy draft at the top. But I think with the NFL, it's, it's, you could flip around and, and say, well, if the chargers had the first pick, what would they do? Or, or if the Bengals did, or if, if, if Buffalo had the first pick, would they go with Mike Williams? So I think for what Cleveland needs and building on defense and, and the foundation there, I think Garrett's the right pick. And then I think if you start, you know, going from there and the dominoes falling down, I, I think most consensus have Solomon Thomas at number two. Uh, I, like I said, it, this is a, an interesting draft. And the hard thing for me in producing a show like this is, with, at least with the NBA draft, I kind of have an idea where some of the picks are going to fall. Obviously, I'm, I'm sitting with Woj, so that really helps. Um, but there's so <laughs> many different pundits and so many different – and there's, yeah, there's so many different pundits and so many different experts in an NFL draft where – uh, and, and I just, you know, I've been doing the draft for years. I don't ever remember a year where so many mock drafts are so different. And if you ask 12 different guys their opinion to get the same guys at the top five picks, I mean, it's, it's kind of all over the board. I mean, we, I think the only thing that's set in stone is OJ Howard's the number one tight end and David Joku's the number two tight end. Right. But everything else from there, you could go Corey Williams, at receiver, you go Mike Williams, you go John Ross, if you like speed, it's Leonard Fournette, the top running back. Do you take a chance on a Joe Mixon? I mean, that's a whole other conversation in itself. What kind of team drafts a Joe Mixon? So, and, and obviously quarterbacks. Is this a year where we got three quarterbacks in the first round? Is it four quarterbacks? Or is Patrick Mahomes the guy who jumps up to the top now? So it's definitely a wide-open draft, but I think it's going to be uh, defense-heavy at the top. I would say the top three to four picks are going to be defense first. No, it's interesting. You mentioned Solomon Thomas, and we know from the hyper data. Solomon Thomas, only 8,000 followers on Instagram, 7,300 on Twitter. 
there's a guy who most people have no idea who he is, or if he walked by you, you'd have no clue. Pac-10, Pac-12 defenses are not necessarily known to be you know, the, the, the steel curtain stealers. Guys projected to be the number two pick, you know, in the draft, go to a place like San Francisco, who, who has been horrific, has an entirely new coach for the most part, new system. Um, you know, brings in a guy who, frankly, isn't going to change the situation uh, for the next couple of years and, and needs help. Um, but a guy who could, and you mentioned Leonard Fournette, um, he's a guy that everybody knows. He's a guy that has been on a lot of people's radars for a very long time, uh, could be a potential game changer in the NFL. And when you look at his data from Hyper, we see over almost 230,000 followers on Twitter, uh, getting about 2,000 likes for every one of his posts. Here's a guy who can clearly slot in to certain teams. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Jacksonville at four. Uh, been some talks about potentially the Jets at six. Um, how good do you think Fournette is? Because I think when you watch him in college against these SEC defenses, he looks like he's the absolute real deal. But the drafting of a running back this high for a long time has always been a real negative and had a negative connotation. But what you've seen last year is a lot of rookie running backs all the way from top guys to guys like uh, on the Bears from the kid from Indiana that have done really, really well. So give us a sense of how teams deal with that, knowing that these running backs can be game changers, but at the same time they're a dime a dozen and can be picked up anywhere. Yeah, I mean, you hit it right on the head. I mean, I th- to me, I think it's also a matter of your opponents, right? So you look at a letter Fournette, and you, as you said, SEC defenses. I mean, the defenses he's facing are guys you're going to play on Sunday. You look at a guy like Cooper Cup, Eastern Washington. I mean, this guy put up video game numbers, but he didn't really face a formidable opponent. So I think a lot of it has to do with also the line you play behind. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, to me, was going to be pretty good in the NFL, but playing behind that Dallas Cowboys offensive line, and yeah. I mean, look at what the Marco Murray behind what, that line. Right, yeah, I could put up 420 yards, right? I mean, <laughs> you look at what DeMarco Murray did, and you put the right running back in the right position, then I think they're going to put up big yards. The, the big focus for us, a lot of these things, and, I, and I, as I'm talking to my fantasy, my fantasy experts, is like, is Leonard Fournette the kind of guy that's going to be putting up video game numbers in his first year in the NFL? Well, is he playing behind that Jacksonville line? Is that going to, is that going to block for him? Is that going to protect him? I don't know. I mean, it, it, it depends on where he's playing. Uh, it depends on, you know, if, if he's playing for the Chargers, I think they've got a pretty decent offensive line. I mean, it also depends on, on your quarterback. I mean, it, right now, if you're going to run the ball, obviously the Niners' offense is, is wide open. So an, a solid running game could be good for them. But I think Fournette's built to the NFL. I think he's got good endurance. I think the fact that he's faced some of the top players in college football over the last couple of years bodes pretty well for him. He's six feet tall, so he's not too small. He's 240, so I mean, he's, got, he's got some good size to him. Uh, I think he could be a really good, solid back, uh, but it's just hard to tell until I see the kind of line he plays behind. So I'm always, I'm always skeptical in trying to project how good they could possibly be just because I don't know the offense they're going to, you know. It's the whole thing. I mean, it's the whole thing. It's, 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 I love Fournette, but do I really want him in New York where they frankly are going to win two games and have no receivers and no quarterback and the whole – defense could line up against them. I mean, that's a, that's a mess. Um, certainly there's better money to be spent, but better money to be spent. The trenches, like, you know, you talked about it. And that leads me to the Jets. 
um, as a lifelong, incredibly frustrated uh, Jet fan. It's been a, a, obviously a very, very tough road. Um, and the big kind of question around the Jets is the clearly is, this, is the quarterback situation. Do you go for one of these guys this year? Mitchell Trubisky, we know from Hyper, 30,000 followers on Instagram, not a tremendous social footprint. I'm sure it'll explode uh, by the weekend. Um, Mahomes, supposedly the Jets really like a lot. Texas Tech quarterback, system quarterback. He's getting that kind of label. Uh, comes from a team who throws the ball all around the field. The Jets have a lot of young quarterbacks in their team with Bryce Petty, you know, Hackenberg, um, yeah, just got rid of Geno Smith. Clearly, and the next year, the number one quarterback in the world in the country, Sam Darnold, coming out of USC. They look like they've done everything to be the worst team in the league this year, got rid of just about everybody. Are they rebuilding to try and get that one pick to go after Darnold? Or are they going to take a real shot? at Trubisky at six, which I would be stunned about. The guys aren't really starting for one year. Or are they trying to blow up smoke and try to move down to potentially get Mahomes? What are you hearing, seeing out of my Jets? Yeah, you know, I, I've, I had the privilege of watching Sam Darnold play every game for USC and watching that Rose Bowl alone over 500 yards, five touchdowns. I mean, you know, and I, I covered Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart, uh, that team. I covered every game from that era. And I've seen a lot of USC quarterbacks come through that system. And it was a system. Uh, I could have told you draft day that Matt Leinart wasn't going to be good in the NFL. Uh, and you can go down the line of, of all those guys who come out of the USC system who haven't done much in the NFL. Darnold's different. And if I were the Jets, I would work on defense. I would go on, I would go with a Lattimore, you know, secure yourself a number one cornerback, work on your defense, uh, spend a year trying. Because to me, if you're putting another building quarterback, you don't have enough pieces around. You lose Brandon Marshall. You lose some of the pieces around there that if you were going to continue to try and build on this Jets team, you don't have enough pieces there. Like, a, in my opinion, a guy like a Deshaun Watson is a piece that you can put into a system like a Denver or something, although they have Paxton and what's his deal? Is he going to play or not? But, like, I, I, I personally, if I were the Jets, I wouldn't keep drafting quarterbacks. I would wait for a guy like Darnold to come out next year. I would work on the defensive side of the ball. And if you're going to continue to work with some of these young quarterbacks like a Hackenberg, give them a chance. Let's see what they can do. Use this as a rebuilding year and then try to get yourself, position yourself into a, you know, a draft next year. It's so funny how we – we talk in the NBA about how tanking has become such a common term, but nobody talks about tanking in the NFL. Uh, but Absolutely. It's, in the NFL, it's, but in the NFL, it's called rebuilding, right? In the NBA, it's called tanking. <laughs> so uh, if I'm the Jets, I would continue to build on the defense. Uh, I would go after a Lattimore. If, if a Solomon Thomas were to fall to them at, at six, then, then great. But I wouldn't – I would personally stay away from offense in the first round, work on the foundation on the other side of the ball, and then, you know, as you said, if a Sam Darnold comes your way next year, I, w- I would put all my eggs in that basket because he is, in my opinion, already better than any of the quarterbacks on the board right now. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And my only challenge with going complete defense is – the defensive line is very good. You just drafted Leonard Williams, uh, but you certainly need help in the linebacker and an absolutely huge help in, in the corner safety secondary position. So I expect whether it's the safety or Lattimore to be one of those uh, two picks and that a lot of the quarterback stuff, there's a little bit of 
uh, blowing smoke to try and potentially get something for that or, or move down. And the last question I had was actually regarding the quarterbacks. Obviously, there's a lot of quarterbacks that people know. You have Deshaun Kaiser out of Notre Dame. You have Deshaun Watson, who I really like a lot. And you know, one of the things that's very clear is Mike Francesa said that Deshaun Watson is going to be a terrible pro, so you could ensure that he's going to be a pretty good uh, pro based on Francesa's constant um, <laughs> predictions that go wrong. Give us your sort of five top quarterbacks. We mentioned Kaiser. We mentioned Watson. You know, there's clearly Trubisky, Mahomes. Um, throw us one more. Who are those five? And maybe, you know, it doesn't have to be at the quarterback position, maybe two or three names to watch. Uh, as we watch the Yahoo uh, show Thursday and Friday as guys to look out for who are clearly jumping up the board real fast. Yeah, I mean, you hit it right ahead. I mean, Mahomes and Watson, uh, we, we just spent some time with Trubisky actually out in California. He was training in Orange County. Uh, he's, he's, to me, pretty solid as far as fundamentals. Um, a piece that we're, we have coming in the show from Rivals says that Deshaun Watson – one of our scouts, Mike Farrell, watched his kid play when he was 14 years old. Uh, he said he had the poise of a 14-year-old that he'd never seen before. He was laughing during the championship game when Clemson went down and, and Herb Street said on the broadcast, he looks rattled. He says he doesn't look rattled. He's focused. He's got this Aaron Rodgers laser-like focus. So I think Deshaun is a, is a solid, solid guy all the way around. He's got that it factor. Um, I, I'm, I'm looking at Dalvin Cook. I think the Florida State running back to me jumps off the board. I think he's just got explosive capabilities. Uh, I know a lot of boards have McCaffrey higher. Uh, McCaffrey, to me, just my opinion, I thought was good two years ago. I thought this year was a little less than he was two years ago. Uh, Fournette, Absolutely. we talked about. Uh, Joe Mixon is, some people say, could be the best player in the draft. Um, but there's so much baggage there. I mean, do you want that PR hit? I mean, I know obviously your audience and what you do, it's about social media and following and, and influencers, and Joe Mixon is the opposite, right? So uh, the question becomes, obviously, then, does he fall to the Raiders, right? He's a perfect Raider guy. Raiders don't care about that. <laughs> Raiders have the 24th pick. Uh, has Mixon become a guy for them? But then if Marshawn Lynch signs with them, then, then Mixon is kind of out of the mix. Um, there's Corey Davis is, is a great wide receiver. And I mentioned Cooper cup before, but, uh, is Cooper cup, the kind of guy out of Eastern Washington that puts up huge video game numbers, but can you do that in the NFL? Uh, I love Mike Williams. Um, I think Mike Williams has the potential to be a tight end. He has the potential to be a wide receiver. He's a big guy. Uh, he had obviously some great plays at Clemson. Uh, you mentioned USC football before. I, I hope he's a lot better than the other Mike Williams that came out of USC years ago. <laughs> So I think there's a lot of interesting players. Uh, I think Jamal Adams uh, out of LSU, to me, could be one of the best players in the draft. Uh, He's great on the defensive side of the ball. So there's a lot of interesting guys. If you look down, Malik Hooker, Jonathan Allen, there's a couple guys who could fly down either way. But I think this is just one of those drafts where, um, you know, it's going to be a good one. I mean, I love the NFL's motto, you know, the the future of the NFL starts today, which is true because – you know, first-round picks. I mean, we've all heard the stories of Tom Brady and guys like that and Aaron Rodgers falling out of the first round. But, you know, there's there's a lot of possible impactful first-round players that could get drafted this year. And there's clearly a lot of guys, you know, who could contribute in round one and throughout the entire the entire draft, which is why um, you shouldn't sort of shut your computer or shut your uh, interest in viewing off after Thursday. Friday will be a big day and then over the weekend. So it's clearly a – a, uh, a draft different than most sports where 
the players throughout the rounds uh, are are just as important for the most part, you know, as as the top. So it'll be a lot of fun. I think you mentioned a bunch of names. I love the Clemson kids. I love Watson. I love Williams. Um, I think Jamal Adams from LSU is a beast as well. Um, you know, I'm always hesitant with the Oklahoma guys. I'm never a Bob Stoops guy. So I understand, you know, that's the Oklahoma. And then you add in the Mixon uh, PR hit, which, you know, look, you, you mentioned the Raiders. It's, he'd be great in Vegas in a couple of years. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> uh, that could be a dangerous. Yeah, exactly. A little bit of a dangerous mix. Uh, but this was great, Alan. I, I can't thank you enough for, for coming on. I think, uh, you know, I will have the audience uh, tune in. Uh, Yahoo and Facebook Live Thursday and Friday at the NFL Draft with, uh, with Alan Springer and his team over at Yahoo. This was awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. I'd uh, love to have you on again soon to continue uh, to talk about what you guys are up to. Um, Alan Springer, the executive producer of the, uh, the Vertical with Woj, as well as Yahoo Sports and Yahoo Studios. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. Uh, it was great, man. Anytime. Thanks, man. That was Alan Springer. Follow Alan on Twitter, at Alan Springer, A-L-A-N Springer. It's funny, man. You know, it's funny, guys. You guys listen to a lot of my shows, and I meet so many cool, interesting people. Um, There's no formula as to how to meet people. A lot of times I meet so many interesting people in so many different ways. And social media, while a lot of people hate on it, there's so many positives about it also, and it connects people. And Alan and I were connected randomly through social media. And uh, I love his work. I love what he's up to. And uh, he found us. And that makes me uh, feel really good about the work that we're doing. And I thank everyone who listens to the show. Because without an audience and without people who really cared to listen about what we're up to, it wouldn't, the word wouldn't get out about the show. So people like Alan find the show, actually listen to the show. Um, and and I love I loved having Alan on, and, and clearly will uh, continue to build a relationship with him. So thanks to him and to Yahoo and the whole team over there, and good luck with the uh, work that you guys have over the next couple of days. We'll all be watching. A lot of fun today. Thanks to our sponsors and our partners, Yahoo, Alan, and everybody. Looking forward to a great week of sports and a great weekend, as my man Mad Dog Russo likes to say. Adios. Podcast, the one that you heard about, talking sports media, buzz and the word of mouth, social is the currency, seeing what the buzz will be, talking sports and culture, you never know what'll be coming next, cause that's the type of podcast you listen to, how brands, who the man, yo, Ryan at the forefront, got it on my iTunes, walking through the storefront, listen to the broadcast, touches almost anything, sports, culture, media, technology, and marketing, so listen to the man right ahead of his time, on your podcast, you can download or listen live, so here comes the podcast, here comes your host, the Burger Shop, now live from coast to coast, in any way you want to do it, listen to the show, Ron got the insights, the Burger Shop, you know, Burger